0: So but we're going to continue a message that we started 3 weeks ago titled Shaped By Shaped By God Part 3. I'm excited to dive in and we're going to finish this and wrap this up because we're going to have a brand new sermon series next week when Easter comes. So but, but God's going to do something amazing today. You know, and I was just reminded as I was studying and praying and just just seeking God this week as we've been diving in and talking about this topic. Do y'all know that our world has an identity crisis? It has an identity crisis. And the reason that is, is because a lot of people don't know that they were shaped, made, formed by God. And if you don't know who you are, you'll live in lies. If you don't know who you are, you'll live and be lost. Isn't it crazy that we have men and women today questioning their sexuality and how God made them. Right? And when we question who God has made us, I want you to know, do you know you're a child of God here? You are a child of God. And the enemy wants you to question that. We ourselves can question ourselves that when we begin to doubt ourselves. But when you begin to question that you're a child of God, you'll live less than, and the enemy wins. And so I want you to know that you've been shaped by God. When we fail to see that God shaped us, guess what happens? Something else shapes us. And so those that are questioning who they are, they've been shaped by other people, places, and things that are not God. And I would say that we probably have a mental illness epidemic in our country stemmed from spiritual sickness. I said, stemmed by spiritual sickness. Now, God is above that. Can people come to the light? Yes, I see it all the time. And so, but we as children of God, even we can forget, right? And so, who wants to be with me? Who wants to not fail to see that you're valuable, that you're chosen, that God has given you gifts, talents, and appointing a calling that only you can do, only you can accomplish? Right? And that same favor and grace that is over us individually, guess what, is on every other person. And when we come to that revelation, God calls us to help others come to that revelation. So we are shaped by God. Look at that first recap point as we go ahead and get started. And so we kind of laid it all out with this statement three weeks ago, right? We said we're shaped by God. We have a divine DNA. Our bodies, souls, and spirits have been uniquely shaped by the Lord. You are not an accident. You were created on purpose for a purpose, right? Because we're children of God, because we've been shaped by God, because God made us just the way that he made us. Do you know our God, our creator, he's he's the divine architect. We said if he's perfect and he's the divine architect and he makes everything perfect just the way that he wants with a purpose, on purpose to please him, that means God does not make trash, And if I'm not trash, that means I have hope. And if I'm not trash, that means God has something for me to do. And if I'm not trash, there's somebody for me to meet that God wants to do something in and through me to help inspire and impart hope to a hurting, broken world. And we all said at the top of this, we have an identity crisis. And so God wants children of God to be shouting to the world that you are a children of God in your faith in Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, you can be a child of God. He created us on purpose, with a purpose, for his pleasure. Look at Psalms 139, 13 through 14. This has been our foundational scripture. and It says in verse 13, You formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb, and I will praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and how well my soul knows. Guys, what would happen if Christians, what would happen if the church, what would happen if the world radically lived like they were fearfully and wonderfully made by Jesus? What could happen in your family life if you would live knowing that you've been formed, shaped, crafted divinely by by the divine architect himself and to live fearfully and wonderfully made? If you had a confidence that was fearfully and wonderful, knowing that it was made in his image, a confidence and a faith that says, you know what? I believe. A confidence in the faith that says, you know what, I'm going to love. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to accept. Guys, that's what we need to happen inside the churches all across our nation. For people to step into that calling of God, that blessing of God. And some amazing things could begin to happen if we would just see that we've been shaped by him. Because if I fail to see that I've been shaped by him... I'll be shaped by something else, right? If I fail to see that I've been shaped by him, then I'll allow other things to shape me. We said we have all sorts of things shaping our kids, right? Parents, y'all better be paying attention to what they're watching on your phones, paying attention to what they're watching on your TVs, what they're watching on their tablets. Because if you don't tell them they've been shaped and formed by a perfect God, y'all, You'll let them be shaped by YouTube videos. Shaped by Netflix movies. Shaped by TikTok influencers. And it's our job to impart that faith. And their identity in Christ. If we have an identity crisis, I know the solution. I need to know my identity in Christ, the one. Right? When I find my identity in Christ, he liberates us and guess what? We begin to live fearfully and wonderfully, and on fire, and anointed in our gifts, and anointed in our callings. And we talked about that. We're going to go ahead and hit some of the recap points. So look, look at that next point. So we said we're going to give you an acronym, and I know we don't do a whole lot of acronyms on Sunday mornings, so all of our CR folks give me a loud amen, but we love our acronyms at uh, Celebrate Recovery, right? So we're borrowing some ideas from that. and uh, So we give you an easy acronym to remember how you've been divinely formed, shaped, and crafted by God. Right, and so we said a divine shape can be discovered through five specific attributes. There's five letters in the word shape, so we'd give you one for each. Right, that word shape gives us an acronym to easily remember remember that we've been shaped by God. Last week we gave you the first two. Let's recap. First letter is S. Right, so we said S stands for spiritual gifts. There are three kinds of spiritual gifts. We said there's gifts from the Father. We use the Word of God. There's gifts from the Son, Jesus Christ, and there's Holy Spirit gifts. And so the awesome thing about not just knowing you're a child of God, when you see God's the one that, that made you, gave you life, formed you, in your mother's womb, gave you a name, do you know God knows your name today? Because he made you. Right? He knows you because he made you. He gave you personality. He gave you everything, your gifts, your attributes, all those things. Right? So when you see that God is the one that has shaped you, The good thing is God doesn't stop there. He doesn't just give us life. Then he says, our God's a giver, right? Do you know our God's a giver? He says, not only am I going to make them, give them life, I'm going to equip them to accomplish the mission. I'm going to give them gifts to be able to walk into their full gifting and anointing. And so he gives us spiritual gifts. And if you missed that message last week, I want to invite you to... Get on our social media pages, watch that video, or get on our church app and watch it, because for time's sake, I can't get into all the gifts that we shared from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But like to give you just a few, Jesus, he gave the church five gifts. as the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, and the pastors. Right, Every one of us has a gifting in that five-fold ministry that is given by Jesus. I invited you to be praying and asking and seeking God. God, where is my place in the kingdom of God? God, the Father gives us gifts all things like of faith and love and joy and patience and and kindness and goodness. And the Holy Spirit gives us gifts of prophecy, gives us gifts of, of patience. Right? And so God, he loves us so much, he doesn't just say, okay, I made you. I gave you life. Good luck. Go figure it out, right? Somebody's tracking with me today. That's how good he makes you. And he says, don't worry. I got some tools. Somebody say tools that you're going to need and that you're going to want. And I'm going to freely give them to you. Hey, and you know what? If you don't walk in that particular gifting, we're all bent and we sway a certain way. In a moment's notice, in a moment's prayer, if you need prophetic ministry, God can give it to you. If you're ministering to somebody at work or you're ministering to somebody at Walmart, God, I need a word. I'm trying to help this person. If you're speaking truth, you're speaking life, God's going to give you a gift. All right, he's done it for me. I know there's some of you that could stand up here and testify. He's done it for you. So he loves gifts. I said last week, worship the giver. Don't worship the gifts. Gifts are good. I can, you can been get caught up in chasing gifts or seeing gifts in somebody else that I don't possess, right? And no amens on that, right? Like, man, they got such an awesome gift, and I'm over here in children's ministry. But God has gifted you in, in that gift of loving kids and, and, and being a father or a parent in the house of God, right? So don't second-guess your gift. Don't judge your gift based on somebody else. Worship the giver, not the gifts, because that's who he is. He, it's who our God is. He, he's a giver. He can't help but give. All right, so our first the, the letter S for shape stands for spiritual gifts. Let's look at that, that next letter, H. Last one of our recaps. It stands for what? Heart. It stands for your heart slash passions. Our, our passions reside and live in our, our heart. And our heart and passions are an amazing thing because they're really the thing that drives us. All right, and so we said letter H stands for heart. And God has given you a unique and divine heart and passions that set you apart. We gave you three quick questions to, to gauge and ask God, what am I good at? And Lord, what what drives me? Do you remember what those three questions were last week? Maybe you, you saw his face this week. What makes you sad, mad, and glad? When you begin to answer those questions, you find out how God made you. You find out what you're passionate about. I shared some of those last week, and I hope you were able to answer those questions, and I hope that kind of helps pinpoint a little bit on how God crafted you because you're unique to your passions, you're unique to your heart. And when you begin to surrender and submit your heart, see God changes when you get born again, He He changes our hearts and desires to His. And when you crucify those passions, when you crucify those desires, what do I mean by that? When you say, you know what, this is something that I'm passionate about, you pray about it. God, how can I use this to magnify you and, and, and glorify your kingdom? When you crucify that passion and desire. God blesses it, and you begin to be motivated, and you begin to run on purpose. A man on fire, a woman on fire, with a belief and a passion and desire that's been crucified by his word, crucified by who he is, right? And God, the amazing thing is he he perfectly joins our gifts with our heart because he's perfect, I shared some of those things last week that I'm passionate about. It's it's people. It's seeing people set free because God set me free, and so the giftings that He's given me are perfectly married to my desires. It's why He called me to be a pastor. Right? Y'all know me up here standing up here preaching once a week is like probably not even ten percent of what I actually do. Did you know that? I feel like the modern day church just sees pastors as Sunday morning performers. That's probably not even 10% of what a pastor does. Because it comes along with a lot more. It comes along with loving people, answering phone calls in the middle of the night, going and visiting people, and being there and building relationships. And That's what I love to do. That's what I'm called to do. Now, this is the fun part. This is just the icing on the cake. Y'all got to sit and listen to me talk once a week. Right. So he marries your passions and your desires to your gifting. Why? Because he wants you to succeed. Our God finishes what he starts. That's good news. He started something in you and he gave you life with the purpose of finishing something. See, we love to start stuff, don't we? Man, I'll get all these good ideas. I'm on. Them. I'm gonna start eating healthy for a week, man. I'm gonna start this, right? I'm gonna start going to the gym, man. Start a little, little uh, push, press, back comes again. You're like, man, this is too hard, right? Our God is not that way. He starts something in you, so that it will be completed, so it'll be finished. Amen. Look at that next point. Our first one for today. Our first new one for today. So we gave you S. We gave you H. Spiritual gifts in heart. A for shape stands for abilities, abilities, attributes, things that God has gifted you with that you are good at, right? Our natural abilities like spiritual gifts make us unique. These abilities, however, can be earned and learned through hard work and determination. We said about the spiritual gifts that God gives last week, if you paid attention, we said that they can't be earned or learned, right? Do you remember that? of you that paid attention, right? The amazing thing about abilities is there's two kinds. There's natural abilities, things that God gave you that you are naturally good at. And there's also things that are learned. And in the kingdom of God, you guys, you got to remember that even in the kingdom of God, we're not outside that fact that we have to be still learning new abilities. Right, we have to be available and ready, and be submissive. And if finding the things that I'm good at, yes, be all in on those things, and don't just bank on the fact that you're always going to be good at them. You got to continue to be determined. You got to continue to feel that fire and be reading, reading books, getting around the right people who've been there, done that, to continue to get better. And the things that I'm not good at, to help cover my blind spots. You know, we got blind spots. I need to be excelling and trying to excel in the things that I'm not so good at. Because to be be ready is to always be ready. What do I mean by that? Because maybe you serve over here. Maybe you serve in children's or you serve as an usher. That's your gifting. That's your calling. You know what? But maybe one day Pastor Ian's going to call on you to uh, pick up the mic when my baby's born during service while I'm preaching. Jessica, I mean, we got a special little signal for today in case that happens. But what do I mean by that? If you're ready for everything, you won't be surprised. You cover your blind spots. Be the best at what you do, but be in preparation of being called to something higher. Does that make sense? And so we have natural abilities and we have learned abilities. We have to harness what we're naturally good at and learn the new ones. I was thinking about my life, and uh, there's a lot of things that I'm naturally good at. And I don't share or talk about this a whole lot, uh, but when I was in high school, well, in middle school, I was really good at football. And when I was in eighth grade, I was like as grown as I am now. <laughs> I think I could probably still wear shoes I had in eighth grade. But, so I was like a man among boys. I was shaving by the time I was in eighth grade, I think, too. But uh, on the football team, our freshman year in high school, I had 21 touchdowns. And uh, I was naturally good, Right. All the other kids that summer continued to work, and continued to go to workouts, and continued to do all the things. Well, Ian, see, I wasn't born again yet, and uh, I didn't do those things. I wanted to enjoy my summer. And my 10th grade year, my, my sophomore year, I had 11 touchdowns. What happened? I didn't continue to work on what I was already naturally good at. I banked on the fact that I was going to have 21 touchdowns again, but the other guys who wanted to get better did what? Got better and caught up. And so I know that's something that's really not that spiritual, but we can do the same things with the gifts that we have inside of the kingdom of God. You have to be a good steward, and you have to be a good, you got to be determined and have a, a good sense of where God is taking you to continue working on those things. One of the things I was naturally good at too growing up was music. I naturally took to the drums. I could naturally, I, I was playing the drums when I was in like 7th, 8th grade. I always wanted to be able to play the guitar. But guess what? I could never just play the guitar until about five years ago, six years ago. And if you're trying to learn to play guitar... Uh, learn to play the bass first, because that's how the Lord began to help me learn to play the guitar. It was a desire. It was a passion. But it was it had to be a learned ability. I always wanted to play the guitar for like 20-something years. I never could. I'd, I'd say, okay, I'm going to start this. Couldn't do it. And it, 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 it took somebody inviting me onto the worship team to play outside of my comfort zone. We don't need a drummer. But we need a bass player. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. And somebody just showed me step by step. Before I knew it, I learned the the bass, and then I learned the guitar like six months later. But it had to be learned. Do you see that? So there's nothing that you can't learn. Preaching and teaching every Sunday is something that I have to work at. Teaching and preaching every Sunday. I remember reading an article a while back. It was like the top 20 worst fears Uh, for Americans or something. And and number one was public speaking. And like death was number five. (laughs) So in reality, we as people are saying, kill me, God, before I have to get up there and preach on Sunday morning. Right? Isn't that funny? But isn't that true? And so you know, when God called me to preach, I was thinking, man, I'm going to have to preach every Sunday. I, I enjoy talking to people and teaching, but God had a gift inside of me that I, I really didn't know was there. But I have to continue to work at it. Y'all know I spend like two, three hours every Saturday studying for right now. I preach the message through to myself. It's something I can't ever outgrow. And so if God has called you to public speaking, you gotta, you got to harness that gift and use that gift. How do I get better? you got to practice. You, will you feel foolish? Yeah, but I'd rather feel foolish in front of myself than in front of a bunch of people. Right? One of my biggest things when I, when I listen to people is when they, they fill their, their sentences with a lot of uhs and, and ums and ums. You know, and that was a desire. Lord, I want you to pluck those away from me. And probably a lot of y'all don't even notice that. But I work really hard at not saying uh and um. And I can go back and listen to some of my old messages, and they're bad. Some of my newer messages are bad, too. I beat myself up going home sometimes. I feel like I missed it. But I can look back and say, you know what, I'm not there. I ain't arrived yet, but I'm not there. I'm getting better. Right? And so do that with your abilities. Do that with your gifts. Submit it to him, and he'll bless it. Proverbs 12, 24, it says, the hand of the, the diligent. Diligent will rule. Be diligent with the gifting and abilities that God has given you. Don't just bank on the fact that you can get up there and wing it. That you can show up and wing it. Yeah, but God made me naturally good. I'm just going to go out there and you might be able to get away with that once, twice. But when you're diligent, you submit that thing to God and you rely on God. And the most amazing thing that God has used to keep me where I am is, you know, I've never come to a place, being a pastor, where I'm 100% comfortable, ready to go. So I mean, I'm excited, but I call it butterflies. Anybody ever play sports? Before you go play a game, you got these butterflies inside because you know something major is about to happen. I get those butterflies every Sunday before I get up here. And I know it's, that's a sign that, you know what, I'm leaning on you. I need you to show up. I'm going to open my mouth, God, but you're going to speak through me. I had a football coach. She once said, if, if, if you ain't got fo- you ain't got butterflies before this football game, you don't need to be playing. Right? If you don't have butterflies before you're getting ready to minister the truth of God to somebody... You don't need to be ministering because that's way more valuable than some dumb football game. This is somebody's soul, right? And when you have that, that's an indicator that you're relying on God. You're saying, God, I need you to show up, right? That's faith. And you got to be diligent. And it says those who are diligent will rule. Look at that next point. It says our heart and passion is what drives us to develop the skills needed to accomplish our creative purposes, your determination to develop skills and abilities helps identify your divine shape. So the Lord was just showing me it's, it's our, our passion and our heart that is that driving force behind your determination to develop or not. What do I mean by that? God gave you spiritual gifts. God gave you heart and desire to do something. That heart and and passion and desire is that motivating factor that moves you from saying, you know what, no, I'm going to start reading up on this. No, I'm going to talk to so-and-so after church because they're already doing this, and I don't know what I'm about to step into. And so your your passion is that level that determines how bad you want to develop this thing that's inside you. Does that make sense? And so if you give up on day two or day 20 or year two, Is it because you ran out of passion, out of fuel, out of drive? Is it because you second-guessed yourself? Is it because you doubted God? It may be because of all of those things, but what I want to do is for you to see the shape that God made you is to lean into that passion, into that desire, because when you feel like you can't go anymore, you got to remind yourself of the God-sized dream that he placed in here. Because I bet Jesus maybe had some thoughts. I'm not second-guessing his Godhood, but I know he was challenged when he was praying in in the Garden of Gethsemane. Maybe he was questioning, can I really do this? And what did he have to do? He had to remind himself of not just the plan and the vision, but the thing in his heart on why he was doing what he was doing. So if you're ministering, if you feel like you're running on empty, or your, your faith is just being challenged, you feel like you're running on empty, remind yourself of those good things that God's placed in here. If it's, if it's your kids, it's, if it's that awesome dream for your own business, if it's, if it's being on the worship team, if it's being up here preaching on Sunday mornings, whatever it is, I want you to know I will help you. Pastor Jessica will help you. Come, seek, find somebody who's, who's been there, done that, who can help you develop those skills, right? Because even in the kingdom of God, we still have to develop our skills and abilities. So look at that next the next uh, point. So A stands for abilities. We're on to P. We're on S, H, A, and P. And P stands for personality. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Look at your neighbor and say, man, you got a personality. Yeah, See, your personality may not be like mine, and my personality may not be like yours, but God wants our personalities to gel together. Did you know that? So P is for personality. Your personality is the filter through which you experience the world. I love that. Your personality is divinely shaped by God, but everything it has, like everything, has to be submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so personality, our personalities is a big thing on our shape, on how God made us. But I want you to know it's not everything. I feel like we tie up a lot of our value, a lot up in who we are, a lot of who we think we are, a lot of how God made us into our personality. And personality's big, it's major, but it's not everything. And what I'd like to share for you is... If somebody else's personality is not like yours, it doesn't mean that they're wrong. (laughs) I gotta work on this, right? We like to surround ourselves with other people who have the same personalities because it's funner when I'm around somebody who's like me, right? Who thinks like me, who acts like me, who likes to do the things that I like. And God's not saying don't do that. You need to surround yourself with like-minded people, like-minded believers who are good at what you do so that you guys can run and do the same thing for the kingdom of God together. But what God wants us to do is to love and accept and submit not just my personality, but somebody else's personality onto the lordship of Jesus Christ. Because the same God that made me the way that I am made Billy Bob the way that he is. Right? And so that's what the Lord really wants us to do. And so look at that next point. There's two questions that can help you identify your personality. So we gave you three questions last week to identify your heart and passions. We're going to give you two quick ones to identify how God made you. And so the first one is, are you aggressive or passive? And are you goal-oriented or people-oriented? And what I mean by aggressive, I don't mean like in a mean, like I'm going to beat you up aggressive way. Uh, the opposite of passive is somebody who's, who's a go-getter. I, I mean, are you out there? Are you uh, leading the charge, so to speak? You like to be uh, running for the goal, and you, you're, people, you're a natural-born leader. You're aggressive in everything that you're doing and what you're doing. You have a goal and a purpose and a plan, right? Or are you more kind of reserved? I don't want to say the word shy because reserved people do amazing things too. They're more comfortable being behind the scenes, Right? I can run a computer or I can do this behind the scenes. I don't care who gets the glory, so to speak. I can be easily as effective behind the scenes. Before God called me to be a pastor, I was serving in all sorts of areas in the church. My first service I ever did, I was running the computer, pushing slides, learning, learning the sound. You know what? And just so you know, I don't need to be a pastor of a church to follow Jesus Christ. This is just the position I, I can live for God as an usher. I can live for God being an attendee. Right? And so, but are you, how has God made you? Are, are, are you people oriented? Do, do you really enjoy relationships? Do you, do you like to be building relationships and doing things with others? Or are you more of a task person? Like, if you give me a task, and I'll do it. I'll succeed, I'll do what I got to do, and hey, what did I say, right? Just because you're not this way, it, it doesn't make the other person wrong, right? We need all of these types of personalities to help cover the church's blind spots. Somebody who's not so gifted, and with people, we need somebody that can be doing things that every, other people aren't even thinking about. Because they're, excuse me, they're not geared that way, they haven't been made and molded and shaped in that way. I want to give you guys a little slide here. Let's see that um, that slide, Brittany. So who's been through our connection track? Look at all them hands. If you haven't, y'all come see me get signed up. It's a quick three-week class, and you actually learn your divine shape in week two on how God made you. You learn about your gifts and your talents and your abilities, how God made you. And So if you went through that connection class, this might look familiar. Is this familiar to anybody? And so we call it the DISC, the D-I-S-C. And so each one of these quadrants is for a reason. And so the D stands for dominant personality, that that aggressive type behavior, somebody that is a natural born leader that is going to rally the troops, that doesn't mind being up front, not so they can get the glory, but they like to be uh, in the lead, so to speak. And there's nothing wrong with that. We need leaders, right? Who will do the work, who will do those things for us. We need those people. I stands for inspirational. Inspirational people generally are they're inspirational to other peoples. They're, they're people. They're people-oriented. They, they build relationships, but they're also leaders as well. And the, uh, the S stands for support, the support personality. Somebody who's, like I was talking about behind the scenes, they're all about go, uh, accomplishing the goal and being part of the team. And then C stands for cautious. Somebody who is, they're cautious, they're aware of the decisions they're going to make before they make them. They're very methodical, which is a good thing. And they seek counsel, and they, they're not going to just jump into something on a whim. They're not going to just start something for the sake of starting. They're going to do their due diligence and their homework, right? And so I hope that you, one of these four kind of stands out for you today and how God made you. And generally, we teach in that class that you, you test high, and there's a little, a little quiz that we give you. And there's usually two answers that are come together, and it usually goes vertical or horizontal, so usually somebody will go DI, you are a dominant, influ- like an influencer. You're about people and you, you lead the charge and you you know, or, or, or like a DC. You're dominant, and, and, but you're yet cautious. It either goes vertical or horizontal. Very rarely do we have people that test diagonally like a DS or an IC, but it does happen. Because our God, he's, uh, he's got amazing ideas, right? He makes us all different. And so that's your divine shape. That's your divine DNA, how God made you if that interests you come see me I give you that quiz and you can take it at home or just get enrolled in our connection class and uh you can take it and see how God made you amen so I'm going to talk about a personality look at that last one is e so we got spiritual gifts heart and passion p for personality our last one is e which stands for experiences and this is a big one, too. And so we're shaped by our experiences. But your past, it doesn't control or define you, but it does shape you. Uh, we'd be lying to ourselves if we said that wasn't true, right? See, but when God redeems us, do you know he redeems our past, too? Man, he redeems your future so he can redeem your past. But we'd be lying if we said that we're not shaped by our experiences the things that happen to us. So there, it's really a big part of living the way that we think we are is based on the things I've been through. A lot of those are lies. Some of it may be true and it's a hurt or something that happened or a word that's been spoken over you. Just because it happened doesn't mean that God can't set you free from it, right? But, so it says our past doesn't control us or define you, but it does shape you. And your experiences equip you to minister to others and live like with a unique perspective. So nothing quite shapes us like our experiences. And your experiences are unique to you. And the cool thing is God wants you to lean into that also because no one was raised the way that you were raised. No one has the parents that you had, whether good or bad. No one... Uh, experiences the things that you have and so God wants to use those things to help somebody else who is maybe going through something like that to use you to impart hope right your experiences are unique to you much of how we view ourselves the world people and problems all come from our past experiences experiences And the reason I say God wants you to lean into those things and to embrace those things and to use those as something that you can use to fight with is because the enemy tries to use that against you. See, the enemy knows my past too. The enemy knows what happened to me when I was a little boy or a little girl. The enemy knows about that dark secret that I don't tell nobody about. And he wants to use that experience as a negative thing To steal, kill, and destroy that thing that God wants to do in you right now. See, but they hurt me, so everybody else is going to hurt me. See, they abused me, so everybody else is going to abuse me. Now, the Bible says to to keep your your heart on guard, do that. Don't just let anybody into your life. But you know you can't just live a life with, with four walls all the way around you. So don't let those experiences keep you stuck. Embrace them. They've molded you and they've shaped you into who you are today. But those things are nothing that God can't redeem or set free. Right? Look at 2 Corinthians one four. I love this. It says, he, God, comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same. Somebody say same. If you're watching us online, put that in the chat. Give us the same comfort God has given us. See, Pastor Ian had some bad experiences. I inflicted a lot of pain and dumb decisions and choices onto myself by being lost in drugs, alcohol, dumb decisions, sin, Satan, and self. So, I have a lot of bad experiences and I almost died. But, hallelujah, Jesus Christ came, lived in my heart, renewed my mind, set me free. And so, I didn't die. The enemy lost. Jesus wins. And now, until he calls me home, I'm going to proclaim that truth on who he is. Because he comforted me, he wants to comfort somebody else who's struggling or going through something like Ian did. That's a heart's passion, that's a desire. And it motivates me and it fuels me to continue to chase the vision and purpose that God has for my life. Did those negative experiences shape me? Yes. But did they keep me stuck? No. They didn't keep me stuck, it was the exact opposite. They pulled me out of my pigsty. Come on, somebody. The kingdom of God is. I love you guys. The kingdom of God is upside down and backwards. Maybe the things you went through, the test, the trial, the fire, Meshach, Reshach, and Abednego were called into the fire. They were living a godly life. They were doing what God said, and they were called into the fire for God to get the glory. So maybe if you're in a tough place, that a negative experience is for God's good. What the enemy meant for evil, God uses for good. You know, Jesus Christ was perfect Y'all, and he had negative experiences. Did it change who he was? Did it change his calling? Did it change his purpose? Did it change the cross? Heckles no, hallelujah. We're going to celebrate Easter next week and who our God is. But do you have the faith to keep moving forward? Look at that next point. Y'all, there's nothing more powerful than when you give somebody else hope because you've been there. And done that. Right? So, what God has brought you through helps to define what he's called you into. Your experiences that you've been through, they help define what he's calling you into. Because he's gonna use those things to help you. Not to continue to mold and shape you and then to use you to help continue to mold and shape and remind others of how good God is. We're not defined by our past, but we are defined by where he's taking us, right? We're not defined by my past. It shapes me, but I'm defined on where he's taking me because I know who my God is. If he did it for me before, he'll do it for me again. And at the end of the day, I mean, the, 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 there's nothing to have hope about if you're really just discouraged. There's always the hope of eternal life. That's pretty good. Sometimes you got that might be the last thing of hope staring you in the face to I me. Mean, no matter what happens, I'm going to be with you, Jesus. Right? But I'm sure there's probably some more things before we get to the end of that that say, you know what? God, I'm defined by where you're taking me. I'm experiencing positive things. I'm experiencing great relationships. God, you're using me. I'm, I'm seeing victories. Good things are happening. And you got to cultivate that praise because I was blind, but now I I was this way, but God saw my future. I'm not anymore. I know the truth. Right? And the truth has set me free. Look at the last point. Your spiritual gifts, your heart, abilities, personality, experiences, your shape, right, all create our unique shape that enables us to discover your divine shape. But only when you join your life together with other believers through the local church is your full potential released and your life lived to the fullness of the glory of God. God wants you to know your shape so that you can be the best of you. But he also wants you to use that shape to get around believers, other children of God, so that you can come together, so that you can flourish, others can flourish, and the church can flourish. It is your personal responsibility to be diligent in knowing how God has made you. It's your personal responsibility to find that out. God, how did you make me? It's as quick as having a conversation with them. But it's the church's responsibility to affirm That answer. If you do your due diligence, seek the face of God, find out your gifts, your talents, your anointing, your purpose, your calling. And if you feel you heard from the Lord and you come to me and you share that, you're called to be a worship leader, an usher. It's the church's job. It's my responsibility to affirm that gift and to release you into that anointing. There's a lot of people that just come Sunday mornings and and sit in the pews. And that's fine. Keep coming. But, y'all, that think that breaks God's heart. Why would you just come, sit in the pews, and not be a part of the church that you, you call family, that you call home? Right? And I know we're not all at the same levels of our personal race. And so if you don't have peace about getting getting plugged in and serving quite yet, that's fine. Don't worry. The Holy Spirit will nudge you. Right? He's you're he, gonna like you can only grow outside your comfort zones, but he'll give you that piece that says, you know what? No, I'm calling you to this. And if he does that, y'all have the faith to say yes. Be armed with a yes. Right? Because look at Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. This is why it's so important that we are giving back to the kingdom of God, giving back to the church that I call home, my home church, right? Because it says, Instead we will speak the truth in love, what? Growing. When you serve in your gifts, you grow. When you serve their church, you grow, and then you help others grow, right? In every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, his church. He makes the whole body fit perfectly together. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. When all the different parts, all the different gifts, all the different personalities, somebody say personalities? Get plugged into the body of Christ wherever God has called them, the rest of the body flourishes and thrives. Jesus Christ is the head. A body without a head is what? Dead. It's it is dead. The, the head, that's Christ, where we get our orders, where we get our word, where we get our promises, where we get our direction. But guess what? I need a right arm, I need a left arm, I need a pinky toe. I love my pinky toe. I need my pinky toe nail right? If you're the pinky toenail, don't be mad about the index finger, right? I need every part of my body, and Ian's body with every part, man, he enjoys that. If I lost my right arm, man, I would be, I could still live, but guess what? I'm going to suffer. So are you that person that's just sitting, the church is needing their right arm? Liberty Church, Holly Pond, needs that right arm to, we're functioning, but we're limping, we're functioning, we're, we're preaching truth, but man, if we had that right arm, man, we could really charge Holly Pond for the, the glory of God. And maybe you're that right arm and you're just like, meh. Nah. I wonder if I'm talking to somebody right now. If I'm talking to you right now, God loves you, I love you. Why would you hold that gift that God has given you if his church is suffering? Trust him, get plugged in. And God's gonna use you. And guess what? Your gift is gonna give you joy. And the enemy knows that. So as you continue to sit there and say, uh, the enemy knows if you would begin to do this, man, you're gonna experience some new levels in your life. The church is gonna be better because we're gonna gain a right arm. That's going the enemy's gonna hate that. You're gonna begin to see things that you never thought you could do, say, or experience, and the enemy sees that. And God's like, just believe, just trust. If you take this step of faith, it's going to be amazing because this is what I know. When all those parts, personalities, gifts, callings, when God puts them together in perfect, somebody say perfect, harmony, amazing things happen. Signs, miracles, and wonders. And hey, do we need God? Yes. I hope you know you need Jesus Christ in your life. You need Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. But hey, the Lord challenged me. I also need you. I need God, but I need others in my life. I can't be a lone ranger doing my faith. If you're a lone ranger, you're in danger. So I need God, but I need others. And when I get in in a great relationship with others around me, with the sole purpose of Jesus Christ being the the head of that relationship, man. God blesses it. Amen. Y'all want to join me in prayer? We'll go ahead and close today. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for this congregation that is here today. Members, all different members, all different body part types in here today. Some of us might be an arm, or a leg, or a finger. Whatever it is, Lord, I pray we would embrace our shape. That we would embrace our shape. We want to compare our shape to others. That we would trust you. In this process of faith, in this process of of asking you, God, what you wanted us to do, I pray we would be armed with a yes and that we would be moved by our faith and by nothing else, not moved by anything else other than our faith in the new God. I say in Jesus' name. If you are here today and Jesus Christ is your Lord, He's your Savior. I want to ask you to please pray for the lost right now. Pray for the lost world. Pray for that person that you're praying for maybe that you know is lost, family member, friend, co-worker. Pray for the lost. If you're here today in our sanctuary or you're watching us online, and Jesus Christ is not your Lord and Savior, you say, Pastor Ian, I think I might be one of those lost people. I want to change that right now. I want to take you from the darkness and move you. I want to take your hand and literally move you, bridge the gap from darkness to light, from death and despair and discouragement and depression to hope and life and love and forgiveness. So if that's you, we're actually praying for you right now. But if you want to change your life and make that decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to ask you to do something. Here in the sanctuary, you're watching us online. I want you to simply stand up, physically stand up in this place. It says, "You know what? I want to receive the love of God." Amen. There's people standing. There's people standing. I want to ask you to remain standing. I want you to know that God knows you. He knows your name. He loves you. No matter what you've done in your past, God forgives you. Amen. God loves you. I want you know Liberty Church rejoices right now, and heaven rejoices. We love you, and we accept you. If you're making that decision online, put something in that chat to let us know that I'm saying that prayer. I want to lead us all in a prayer. Let's say it loud and proud today, amen. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We trust you. We believe in you, and we accept you now. We confess that you are Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of my past, redeem my future, send your Holy Spirit to help me every day of my life, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Y'all give him a hand, give Jesus Christ a hand, y'all may be seated, praise God, it's so awesome. Man, salvation's today, baptism today, God is good. Anybody glad you came to church? Yeah? Me too. We're glad you came. Man, next week is Easter. So y'all come ready. We're going to rock out, right, Rob? Get you some of those cards on the orange table if you haven't got some. I want them all gone. Invite at least two people this week to Easter next week.